This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Hey, thanks for joining me. Another episode here. Today, we want to talk about the status quo. And you know how this topic came up in my mind. Back in the 90s, living in Dusseldorf, Germany, I was playing American football. And this guy, don't remember his name, but he ended up, they said, you just play this position. Just play it. I was like, well, I want to play that position, but he did pretty well. And guess what? That was now the status quo. That's how this topic, just so you mind, just so you can realize how far-fetched my mind goes. That's how I thought about this topic. And we see it in business all the time, right? Uh, status quo is hard to change. Why are we even here? I want to show you a quick clip from a conference in 2015. If you're marveling in how much better shape I was back then, thank you. I know, but take a look at this clip and then we'll get to today's guest. Who can tell me why this podium is up here? Why is this podium right here? Has anybody used it other than Dr. Durham? Nobody, right? They took the podium and they moved it over here for her and now it's here. Gabe's video will have this podium in there the rest of the day, right? Because it's here, right? This is like the status quo now. So the first thing you have to do, you have to... That's a heavy podium, and I didn't even lift today. The first thing you have to do to get stories started, you have to make an effort, right? So I have to sit over there and say, why is that podium there? Who's going to use it? Do you think anybody will move it back today? Only if they really want to use it, right? You're not going to move it back just because you're going to be like, hey, we're missing a podium. It looks much better. <laughs> With the podium right here, right? I can hold on to it. I don't fall off the stage. So. You have to make an effort. The hardest, it's like working out. The hardest part is to get started, right? And then once you start, the hardest part is to stop. Flashback to 2015. Today we're in 2021 and I'm excited to talk with Allison Strobridge, the staff change agent. Allison, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on. That was a, um, a flashback from the past, but it's true, right? I mean, the status quo, all of a sudden it's there and this is it. And now good luck changing it. Indeed, I think you brought up a really good point as far as like just paying attention. That's half the battle, right? We are just such creatures of habit that a lot of times we go on autopilot and, and we just do what we do because it's the easiest way to do it. But once you pause, take a, a look around and realize, gosh, maybe maybe this isn't the best way to do this. Or gosh, that, yeah, podium. It's totally in my way. <laughs> Paying attention. Get this podium out of my, my <laughs> out of my way here. So I mean, but why is it why is it so hard to change the status quo? Why is it I mean, for me, it was kind of pretty natural to move that podium, right? It was kind of in my way and and I 
make things neat. Not quite as linear as that one over there. I'll go fix it, right? I don't let it become the status quo, so to speak. But why is it so hard in general for people to even change the status quo? Well, I've been giving this some thought, obviously, since um, we started chatting. And and I think really, um, I'm just going to lay it out there. People are kind of lazy sometimes. <laughs> and honestly, if it's just easiest to just keep it as it is, you know, it's it's hard. Change is hard, right? And and people often don't want to ask the really hard questions. You know, they don't want to ask why is it done this way and not another way because that might actually mean more work, right? You know, like I think we um, we we resist change um, a lot of times um, just because of of those reasons because you know it's we're busy and we just need to get things done. And if we take a pause and pay attention and start asking questions, then that probably means that we're gonna, you know, give ourselves more stuff to do. But you know, is that really such a bad thing? Maybe not. Change is is constant, right? And maybe that's another part why it's it's difficult is because we're constantly bombarded with, you know, new things and, and changing things. And, and if there's something that we've just been kind of habitually doing, because we are creatures of habit, after all, then it's maybe just easiest to, you know, go with the flow and, and deal with the other stuff that's maybe less in our control. Interesting comments. And I hear you talk about, well, it gives you more stuff to do. And the first thing that came to my mind uh, when you said that, yes, I hear you because, I mean, how often have I been in meetings and I had the good idea and before, you know, or sometimes a horrible idea that people wanted to implement, but who ended up having to do it, right? So my um, reward for sharing good ideas was more work. Now on the flip side, right? Like, congratulations, good idea. Please stay late today. (laughs) least work the weekend um, but, um, but I think so. maybe that's is that a little bit a holdover from the industrial world right um, because I don't think I'm I'm doing more things today but I don't necessarily do more work right because live streaming used to be a lot harder right so I used to actually do a lot more work for a lot less return um, you know, content creation used to be harder. So all those things have changed. I mean, is that the answer? Um, if you're going to change stuff, you have to have an expectation that I hate to say it, like something has to go, but something has to change, right? It can't just be, oh, we'll change in the status quo in addition to the crap you already have to do. <laughs> well, I think really the the big question is is why does something need to change? And is it changing just for the sake of change? Or is it changing because we're trying to improve something, right? And so I think the the, the main goal that I'm always trying to keep my eyes on is as I aim to be more aware and pay more attention to what's going on around me is, is asking, asking why. And um, if something is working really well the way that it is, and, and it's serving a purpose and, uh, and, and it seems to be working, sure, sometimes it's good to reevaluate and make sure that it's still, you know, doing what it's meant to do in the most efficient and effective way possible. But, um, but there are times certainly when, you know, you recognize that, ah, you know, there, there is a way to improve this. There is a way to make it better, faster, stronger, or just, you know, 
serve a purpose that um, that maybe has has shifted. Um, I think that you know there's a a big thing that we need to pay attention to is is shift in values, right? When we have a cultural value shift or a personal value shift. Um, you know, those are are the times when we really have to kind of hit pause and and take a look at the things that that we do, whether it's in our personal lives or our business, um, and and understand that that the value shift can sometimes be the trigger that gets us thinking about, oh yeah, maybe this is is an outdated thought process and we need to you know reimagine it in order to get better results. And I mean, certainly, you know, everybody wants to make their mark. And I'm totally stealing this from the last Real Talk um, episode, Real Talk, the Customer Insights Show, which you can check out at voxpopme.com. Uh, Michelle Gansley from McDonald's was just on there, and she t- actually talked about that. She says, "Look, yes, I know, you know, I know what I know in the insights world, but McDonald's is not a new company, right? So when I come in here, I have to learn." the history, I have to learn the culture, I have to learn what's working, and all those different things. I can't just come in and say, oh, we got to change, you know, and then maybe that I'm paraphrasing that last part a little bit, but but any leader or anybody coming in and who wants to, you know, improve processes, um, that doesn't mean everything has to change. Absolutely not, and I think I really, oh, I think we had a glitch, but... <laughs> I think um, you're right in the sense that change um, and any kind of like transition can really be um, kind of resisted in a lot of ways by by folks when they don't really understand what's in it for them, right? Why are we doing this? You know, what's in it for me? Trying to understand, you know, and help people um find that desire within in order to, you know, go through the process of learning new habits and, and reinforcing those habits in order to be, you know, successful and, and sustain whatever change and transition to a future state is, is happening. But, but I think a big mistake um, is, is trying to put too much on people too fast, right? If, if we take baby steps, you know, kind of one, baby step or one bite at a time, it's a lot easier to, to manage, you know, the kind of anxiety over, you know, how is this going to mess up my world? Um, if we're asking people to just make, you know, those, those kind of more, um, minute and, and easier to manage kinds of changes towards a future goal, right? Um, you know, ripping off the Band-Aid <laughs> all the way is going to cause a lot more bleeding and pain than just peeling it off a little bit at a time. And hopefully you've soaked it really well <laughs> so that the, you know, the sticky stuff isn't pulling your skin off with it, right? And so I think it's just, you know, being aware that, that it is a natural human response to resist something that is new and scary because we don't know how it's going to change our habits or our ways of doing things or our comfort zone. That's the other thing is I think that people get very um, used to doing things a certain way because it's comfortable. And again, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, as far as the ease that we're looking for um, in, in our world, especially when we're living in this kind of, you know, VUCA 
um, world where things are volatile and uncertain and, and they're complex and they're ambiguous and we're just trying to reduce friction in our lives. And so you can kind of look at that, you know, in two different ways. One being, I want to reduce friction. So I'm just going to like keep doing things the way that I've been doing because they're working, they're easy. It's in my comfort zone. Or you can be the, you know, somebody like myself who's like, well, gosh, I want to reduce friction by changing things and, and improving them and not being complacent or satisfied with something just because it is the way that it's always been. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting about that comment too, is, I mean, sometimes we're used to how we're doing things, right? Like this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. But sometimes to me, at least when I go into like an old school and that's that's a wide range of what that means, right? Could be a couple years, could be a couple months. Since this is, honestly, um, just outdated, and um, you know, a new process would make things easier. So you have that side of of the coin too, right? Where it's really just an old process. I'll give you an example. I went into a company once, a publishing company, and they were still carrying around the. A little bag with the sign off, you know, that people read something. I mean, I was like, I hadn't run into this process in like 15 years. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely cool and not very efficient, right? So it kind of changed on its own because at some point they weren't, not everybody was in that same office. So it had to change because they couldn't mail the printed out paper or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting because some people, love what they're doing or they like the process and then other people see the friction so they want to change it so how do you marry those two together those two groups of uh, employees yeah that's a good question um i think sometimes your biggest challengers are perhaps the ones that you want to seek out in order to get inside their head right and and understand why is it that they are resistant to doing things a different way. And, and sometimes that can give you, um, you know, more energy and, and maybe more inspiration as to how to, you know, help them come along a journey of change with you. Because the minute that you're able to potentially get them to change their way of thinking, uh, you know, then, then that is, that's, that's an end. That's a start, right? Getting that little bit of buy-in. And so you have to, I think, take a look at what's, you know, maybe what's their social currency or, or some other thing that is motivating them, right? And, and, and if it's something about, you know, I'm, I'm a rule follower, I do things the way that I do them, because that makes things, um, uh, how should I put it? The, the the community and and so forth it, it makes things more smoothly if I just follow the rules or if you know if you try to unpeel you know and and get to the the core of of maybe it's their beliefs or their value system or, or whatnot that that helps you to understand where they're coming from and so you're going in with a little bit more empathy and and helping to um, show them that you're not just there to make their life more difficult mm -hmm. or to uh, upend, you know, their flow or whatever. Um, I think that's a good, good way to kind of start to bridge that, that gap. Yeah, very interesting. Um, certainly uh, it's much easier said than done. Um, I mean, we, I think we all know that, 
Um, how about, how do you know when something needs to change? What's the, um, like, how do you even get there? Well, I think this goes back to what um, your your video clip was and what we were kind of talking about really early on, which was just paying attention and, and opening your eyes to um, what trends are happening and and um and sometimes you know recognizing that you know there's a pattern in in what's um you, you know what you're observing then then that kind of for me anyways like I, I feel like you know kind of this instinctual you know stirring in my gut that's like okay something isn't quite <clears throat> driving anymore and and so where is that and and how can I kind of continue to you know peel back those layers and get to the root cause of you know is it is it a values shift within culture itself within the organization within me personally um, that is kind of triggering this um, like aha right and and I think too for for me I um, I've been studying futures thinking recently and I'm excited that I just got my certification as a foresight practitioner and what that has helped me to do is is recognize that we really should constantly be kind of scanning uh, news and and you know, honestly, really odd things that are happening in the world, because those are some of our indicators that, you know, if it's happening in a lot of different places, and we're starting to see a pattern, that maybe that is something that is going to eventually become a future thing. And that then can be the trigger to be like, okay, so if I'm paying attention enough to notice a pattern, then there's got to be something to this, and I should be paying attention to it in order to get ahead of it, and understand that maybe there's, you know, an opportunity to be had, or another reason for improving something in order to um, meet the needs of, of what we're seeing that might come out of this pattern that we've discovered. I hope all that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, so at the end of the day, somebody needs to pay attention, right? We need to pay attention to what's going on. Um, what, what might we want to change? What might we not? Absolutely. Eyes wide very, open. Very, very, very frustrating that that's happening today. Everything looks good for the most part, but that's technology, my friends. We just got to roll with it. Now, <laughs> when it comes, I call it the accidental status quo, right? And that's like, it just happens or nobody has challenged it or, or whatever, or even the guy that played a position I wanted to play um, and, you know, and, and he was now the status quo just because it happened. Right. And that that was it. Um, how do we I mean, first of all, how does that happen? And that, is that actually a thing or am I just making that up? Um, <laughs> and, and how common is that? You know, it's funny because I was thinking about this and and I'm like, yeah, is there really such a thing as an accidental status quo or is it more like somebody somewhere along the way decided that this was how they wanted to do it because it was the easiest way for them. It was their comfort zone. And so they just started projecting that this is what we're going to do because it makes sense for me. And potentially no one had the courage to speak up 
potentially nobody paid attention and they just kind of went along with it because it was also easy for them. Um, you know, I think really a big part of, um, of, of challenging the status quo is, is kind of coming back to that being brave, you know, being courageous enough to kind of like raise the red flag or be like, hey, you know, ask those difficult questions. And that's not an easy place for people often to be is that, you know, zone of uncomfortable. But what that also does is it helps us to learn, right? It helps us to grow, helps mm-hmm. us to um, allow others to see things from a different perspective. And, and you know, if, if, <laughs> For doing anything about becoming a more emotionally intelligent society and uh, honoring and and inviting diverse, you know, thought in order to be more creative and inclusive and so forth, um, I think you know leaders and and you know individuals really just have to be more open to thinking again, right? And I'm reading Adam Grant's, I think it's Adam Grant's book, Think Again right now. And it's just like so validating, right? Because it's just stop continuing to assume and believe everything that you've always believed just because you have. And you know, unlearn some things in order to relearn them um, and and allow your brain to get some exercise. And and you might actually come out on the other end saying, wow, I've, I've really been stuck, (laughs) you know, and, and, and it kind of sheds light on um, either better ways of doing things or challenges your beliefs in a way that helps you to see things from other people's perspectives. Um, it's an awesome book and um, it's really been jiving really well with my foresight training and change management um, kind of all wrapped up in a nice little package. And of course we did have a show before with Daniel Murray about unlearning, you know, learn everything you need to know. And then how do you unlearn certain things? And I think that's um, it's easier said than done, right? Because, um, every experience you build on each on they build on each other, right? And if you have one experience and this is how it works and that's how things are going forward, you know how you react, everything we bring our own biases to uh, to, to anything we do really. Um, so tell me about control shift space. So that's your company and, and of course I found you because I was looking for uh, experts on the status quo and I think your title was something like status quo changer or breaker or you can correct me whatever it is but something like that <laughs> you got um, it <laughs> so tell, tell me about the this what's your interest in the topic and, and and why do you focus on that and and how do people work with you sure thanks for asking um i think mainly uh started my business because i recognized that there's got to be a better way to do Essentially, commercial office space uh, renovations and and relocations. And uh, at the time, um, I'd had kind of a experience both as a as a tenant, so receiving the uh, services of uh, you know interior designers and furniture providers and construction, and you know obviously working with you know my colleagues in order to create spaces that. Um, that met the needs of, of my organizations. And 
been through that process, I, I decided I wanted to, you know, actually be the one having more of an impact on multiple workspaces. Uh, so I, I flipped over to the to the dark side, I like to call it, <laughs> and worked for the furniture industry and and started to um, recognize that that it was a really challenging thing for the tenants to go through this process of of changing from you know one location to another location and there was nobody there to really hold their hand and get them through that process and certainly as a furniture dealership my job at the time was to sell furniture and at one point i was like gosh you know the clients need so much more help than just me telling them that you really need to buy this furniture, right? Like they needed education as to understand the process, to understand, you know, why it takes so long to get drawings and why does it take so long to select furniture and how come the process isn't just like pushing the easy button and ordering from Amazon <laughs> or something. And so I, you know, continued to kind of work through this and, and ask my, my, you know, dealership, um, principles like why can't we be more educational why can't we fulfill our clients needs on a broader spectrum and and well i was met with a because this is what we do and this is how we do it and this is we sell furniture and we don't do anything else besides sell furniture and so i said to myself all right well i'm tired of being the salesperson and schlepping stuff that i wasn't passionate about and that's when i was like all right i'm done i'm gonna jump off this cliff i'm gonna start a business that helps from a to z and um so that's that's what I do. I, I start with the kind of the big picture uh, vision and understand why a customer you know is wanting to change and how we're going to go about doing that and give them a roadmap for getting there and then hold their hand through the process so that they have a much easier experience that they you know when they don't know what they don't know, I'm there to help you know answer those questions and actually get them thinking about questions that they probably haven't even thought to ask and bring them through a change management process so that we can eventually get them into a workplace that truly is human-centered, that really meets the needs of their employees, um, you know, I guess kind of emphasizes their brand and their culture and, and really um, brings that workspace as a, more of a tool into their um into their, you know, toolkit, if you will, versus it just being, you know, space, it's more place and people have a sense of belonging when we're through with our, you know, mm -hmm. kind of finishing touches, if you will. And what's interesting about the whole workplace thing, too, is, you know, why do I have to sit in a crappy chair, just because you can't get a better? I mean, it's really comes down to some of those things. That's why I love uh, working at home, right? Because if I don't like my chair, I buy myself a new chair. Mm. Um, if I don't like my desk, I buy myself a new desk, right? But in some companies, now companies have the whole, and I did do some work in the interior design industry. Uh, now companies have the whole hot desking thing. Oh my God, don't get me started, right? <laughs> like hotel desks or whatever. I'm like, I like my space how I like my space. I don't know why I have to make it so difficult. Allison, <laughs> it was great to have you on the show. I appreciate you making the
the time, the, uh, the, the 28 minutes, 27 minutes always go by so fast um, when, when uh, people like you come on and share their knowledge. Really appreciate you joining us today. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.